I am Brandon. And I'm Dr. A. And today we are featuring an interview with the illustrious CEO and president of the Exposure TV Network, Tam Lawrence. Welcome, Tam. Well, hi. Thank you all for having me. I really appreciate it being here on your wonderful and amazing platform. We <laughs> are glad to have you. So we can always start by telling us a little bit about yourself. Who is Tam Lawrence? Oh, my gosh. What comes to mind um, is the word vivacious, fearless, mm -hmm. and conquer. Okay. And, um, definitely would have to say a survivor and very victorious mm -hmm. in every means. Um, and my purpose is to expose people utilizing media platforms for the betterment of our community. Mm -hmm. Very nice. I like that. I like that. How did you get started in the media industry? Oh my gosh. Um, so I used to be a stand-up comic, right? Okay. Until so I sat down and found out that comedy wasn't so funny when I looked at my purse. And I was like, oh. <laughs> stand up. Okay. I just <laughs> so um Comedy was my thing, you know. I really, really wanted to. Um, I wanted to go all the way as a comedian, but there is some dark sides of the business that just really wasn't. Re I wasn't ready for, and so I did BT Comedy View. I toured with Jamie Foxx. I toured with some more. Um, got an opportunity to work with um, Brady and mm -hmm. Improv Clubs. So yeah, I love comedy. Um, it was my form of therapy just to kind of get through some of the hard times. And Girl, then, oh. no, go ahead, go ahead, finish. No, 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 go. So, how did you get started in comedy? Isn't that real random for someone to say, mm -hmm. I want to be a comedian? So, how did it happen? My sister, she okay. was watching. Um, a small fry one day and she came home and I would always make my family laugh. Like I was the center of, I'm a middle child, so nobody ever seen me. Mm -hmm. um, so the only way that I got attention is if I made them laugh, right? Mm -hmm. So every holiday they would put me in the living room and it reminds you of, my, uh, <laughs> of, who is it? Who am I thinking of? Um, this one comedian. But anyways, so they would put me in the living room and they would be like, make them laugh, right? And I make everybody laugh. But one day my sister watched um, Small Fry performing in New York. And she was like, you gotta do it, you gotta do it. You're just as funny as her. And I was like, okay, I'm ready. So I went to a club at the age of like 16. She sneaks me in, cause I'm not supposed to be there. And oh my God, I went in and I ripped the mic. I had made uh, Big Bird and Barney fight because it was like a, <laughs> I turned Sesame Street into like a gang, and then Barney had a gang, and I was like, everybody gonna meet up, and we're gonna <laughs> so it was real funny. But anyways, that night I won, and from there it was over. Comedy had become my best friend. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so you went from comedy to TV producing. Mm -mm. Okay. It, there's always a journey. It's always a journey. Mm -hmm. And so, um, nope, didn't go from that. I actually went to Marquette University. I, I got into school and 
first my study was psychology, right? Mm -hmm. And psychology opened up a lot of dark spaces for me. Mm. And just the study alone, right? Every time, you know, we would go through a different course or elective, something else would open up. And I started seeing all of these things that I hadn't dealt with in the subconscious and they were being brought to my consciousness. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. We got to deal with these things. So um, that's when I decided that comedy could actually help me get through college. Right. Um, from that, I didn't get out of school. I, just, I said, you know what? I'm going back again because I'm not finished because I saw this movie called Jerry Maguire and it had just mm -hmm. came out. And I was like, that's who I am. <laughs> <laughs> Show me the money. Like the black female Jerry Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> and honey, that it was all from there. Once I watched that movie over and over again, I studied everything that he did. I studied how he would talk on the telephone. I studied how he'd walk. I studied how he'd look and you know, kind of like you know, observe the room, you know. So once I had his thing down, all it was um, so I went back to school for communication. Because then I wanted to understand exactly how did I get into public relations? How do I take all of this stuff that I had bottled up in me and from psychology to, um, you know, communication to understand mm -hmm. Abraham Maslow said the hierarchy of mm -hmm. I need some mm -hmm. money in order to do what I need to do. And so I put all of that stuff together. But my grandmother was my biggest fan. She always taught me to season my life well, like we season our food. Mm -hmm. And you take a little of this, you take a little of this, and then it tastes so good. Uh -huh. At the end, when I graduated, the DNC was in Charlotte. And so I called one of my stores and I was like, hey, listen, I need to get in on that. She said, come to Charlotte. Then there was the fall of Rome. My parents owned a real estate investment firm. And when the real estate market crashed, I had to make a decision if I wanted to go this direction or the other direction. But I, instead of going to Charlotte, I actually went to Dallas and I worked for Countrywide. So I did securitization mm -hmm. to forensic audits and crisis management first. And I made some money. Yep. Make quite a bit of it doing trainings for attorneys and teaching them how to get themselves out of this sticky situation and all that wonderful good stuff. So once I did that, off to Charlotte I went and the DNC was still in order because they do planning two years ahead of time. Mm -hmm. So finally landed a job at the DNC. At that time, Tim Thomas from the Milwaukee Bucks was my client. Tim loved me to death. He paid for my career as far as comedy. He paid for my travels. He took care of me. That, that was my guy. You know, like he literally looked out for me. I love him and his wife because they helped me the most. Uh, when nobody else believed in me, he did. And so, um, anywho, at the end of the day, um, I decided to take the job down there. And then Jeff McKinnis, who played for the Bobcats, became one of my clients. So my PR business was growing, had enough money to go ahead and open up an ad agency. I was the first black female ad agency in the South. Uh, dead serious. Listen, I bought the um, dot com, the city's best, got a phone call from Huffington Post, made a quarter million dollars off of a dot com. I sold it to Huffington Post. And from there, for four years, I really didn't even work. I just sat back and was like, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the wrong. <laughs> People were sleeping on the dot com era. They had literally walked away. Doo, 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 doo. And and I was like, oh no, I have to this day right now, 
if somebody says something, I'm the first to go buy the .com to it. You say something that I think is, oh, that's good. That's good stuff. I even own Uber Senior Care. I've been negotiating with Uber for about maybe a year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the dot-com era, just because you don't hear about something, doesn't mean it goes away. It just means the bubble bursted and then people start following other trends. Well, my parents taught me to be nostalgic and tra traditional, you know, in business. So I don't follow trends. I don't follow trends at all. I follow where the money resides. Mm -hmm. I heard that. No, that's right. <laughs> so, so what, what inspired you to start your own TV network? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Um, anywho, to negate the negative that I saw every day on television about us. And then I was working with Atlanta Housewives and I felt like, you know what? I, one day I just walked off set just got up one day and I was like, this isn't what I want to do. This isn't what I, I don't want my babies to look up and see that their mom was a part of this right here. This so was with re, with, with um, at Real Housewives of Atlanta, do you feel like TV is headed toward a decline? No. Okay. No, no, with no. reality no. TV? Mm -mm. Okay. If it if it was my thing, I would say people are going to study them and begin to understand how we are as a people. And mm -hmm. there are real moments and authentic moments on that show. Mm -hmm. There are also moments that I think show dysfunction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is very real mm -hmm. in relationships and friendships. So I cut you off on talking about why you started the uh, uh, the TV network. So can you finish that? <laughs> so starting the network was to negate the negative. Hmm. Like if you turn on the night news, they show the picture of Raheem with the brain. Mm -hmm. They show pictures of his Facebook page, all of this stuff. But when something happens from other races, it's very seldom that they'll flash, you know, they'll call him a thug. They won't call mm -hmm. him a thug boy who shot up the church in South Carolina in Charleston, they took him to Burger King. Right. Mm -hmm. yep. So one of the things I did appreciate about growing up in the nation of Islam is how real in, you know, the Pan-Africanist teachings and things of that nature, we learned mm -hmm. our history and we understood our ancestors. And so Malcolm X said that media has the ability to make the innocent guilty and the guilty innocent. And if we're not willing to create our own seat at the table, then it's on us that mm -hmm. they continue to keep doing the play. And we have to bring things to a form of humanity. If not, people can continue to keep treating you inhumanely because they have not seen the empathy, nor can they, nor can they bring compassion to something they don't understand. Mm -hmm. And I think that black people are just misunderstood in this country because we don't control the airways, but we do now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right. So, so tell us about Exposure TV Network. Mm -hmm. So Exposure TV Network is a combination of things. Um, and to be truthfully honest, I don't know if people heard the story a million times, but during the pandemic or when it started, we were actually headed to New York uh, to a film festival. My whole entire business plan was to go to film festivals around the country and put content up that was movies. I didn't think that we were going to be doing uh, TV shows with local people. 
So when the pandemic started, it was the first day of my business as a TV um, or a network owner. I was devastated. Mm -hmm. I was devastated. I thought I had lost everything. So I got back on the flight. I called Cedric and I said, Cedric, that's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. We're going to fast. And then we're going to wake up and we're going to Uber this thing. (laughs) And uh, we got up and we Ubered it. We figured out a way that people could make money utilizing their cell phone to create video content. Mm -hmm. And we did it. People were at home using their Zooms. They were using everything and inserting commercials and making money. Yeah. Some people have been with us since day one. We had no clue what we were doing. We didn't think it would work. People kept saying, no. Well, I didn't know. I ain't going to say we didn't think it would work. But some people was like, no, Tam, don't do that. It's going to kill your whole career in Hollywood. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, you know what? God, that's the only person who controls my destiny. What are you talking about? These are humans. Let's go for it. So we go for it. And, um, and I love how Airbnb and Uber were able to come into America and help Americans be able to make money off of things that we drive around every day or we live in. And so for Exposure TV Network, utilizing your mobile phone, because everyone has this, to make content. And listen, right now, people that are using free spaces are learning a great lesson because there's a TikTok uh, strike right now with Black Mm -hmm. content creators. So I think people are learning that, listen, wherever you put your content at, if you're not publishing it the correct way, you don't have the rights to that content because you release it into their space. Mm -hmm. So we're learning a great lesson right now, I think, currently. Mm -hmm. So what kind of channels air on your TV network? Oh, my gosh. My favorite is Jackie out of the ring with the first lady of boxing. That's amazing to have her. She's such a special and genuine person. I I really, truly love her to death. She's like auntie to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's an icon. She's a legend. Um, she's well-respected in the world and in the space. Always positive. She is authentic. Um, and it's a great thing to be able to see where boxers are today and mm-hmm. to have that conversation. Uh, the other thing, I love the fact that we have you all on there in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool to have the podcast on there. And I can't wait for you all to start throwing that video up there because that's going to be awesome and amazing. Um, the other one is Speak Live Nation. Now, that one means so much to me because we get a chance to work with babies that are coming out of college who deserve a chance. Mm-hmm. We need to have their resumes built up so that they're ready to uh, compete in the market space. And so some of those children who actually work with us during the pandemic, one of the guys, uh, Keon, he's over at ESPN now. Mm, Yeah, he's at Draymond Beats and ESPN. Uh, And then I think Kara just went over to a a major uh, network too. So these kids are coming in, getting hands-on experience, um, able to build up their sizzle reels and turn it in, but they're getting great paying jobs. They're not getting entry, but they're getting jobs that they can have a living wage from. So that's, that's a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. That is nice. Providing some type of entry into the field, 
which is hard. You know, media is a, is a very different field than corporate. It feels different than the fields that we work in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, black media is even more scarce in a lot of ways. Um, what are some of the imperatives for black media as we move forward into 2021, 2022? As we see it going now, we have to be careful. I think that most people don't understand the importance of us not just doing entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've done enough shuckling and driving. And I think it's time for us to start telling the authentic stories in our community mm-hmm. um, and really leaning towards syndicating content that would educate, inform, and inspire um, our communities at large. So that I think that that needs to happen this is very serious. We have mm-hmm. to start using the use of media. And I think a lot of times people downplay the power that it has. It's the most powerful weapon we will ever have to conquer anything or to change the trajectory of our story in America. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us your thoughts on how streaming TV has changed the ability of minorities and African-Americans to actually tell their story. Mm-hmm. This has opened us up to 128 countries. We're now international. We're around the globe. We're moving faster in nanoseconds. Content information. We're just right now, Roland Martin was up this morning doing a piece on Haiti and speaking Mm -hmm. with people in Haiti. We're learning more about what was happening over there. Um, I got a phone call that they were not even, they weren't given any types of vaccinations. You know, this is very serious information and this is good. This is good. Mm-hmm. We're in a good space. We're in a good place right now. We just got to keep moving and we have to keep conveying content that is going to educate, inform and inspire. Mm-hmm. Very good. Now, how can people um, watch Exposure TV Network and listen to Exposure Podcast. And I know we haven't talked a lot about the magazine, but the Exposure Magazine, how can they view that? Well, Exposure Magazine, you can head over to exposure-magazine.com. And that that is where you, you register. And when you register, you'll get the digital format and you can also purchase the print publication. Um, and if you are looking for the television platform, go to your Roku. Amazon Fire Stick, Apple TV, or Android device, uh, and go ahead and search for Expo in your app store. So whichever platform you're using, you just search for Exposure Network TV, and then the orange and blue icon will come up. Download that, and you're in. Awesome. Simple and easy. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Love technology. Mm -hmm. Before we go... Can we talk a little bit about podcasting and the trajectory of podcasting, the future of podcasting, Mm -hmm. and why it's important that Exposure TV Network sort of tap into that market? Mm. Well, first and foremost, creating a community and a space for people to grow in is important Um, because there are so many great voices out there. But yet, if we, you ever wonder how the, the vote is split between the Democratic Party and sometimes we want to vote for somebody else and somebody's going to vote for somebody else, but we all really mm-hmm. want Barack to win. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay, so if you have a million podcasters out there and we're segregated, then that's the thing about, are, you, are we speaking about African-Americans or just podcasts in general? Either. 
Mm -hmm. So if people are disenfranchised, it's very difficult for that group of people to reach the marketplace and gain a share. Mm -hmm. So if you got 10,000 followers, I got 10,000 followers. If we came together with 20,000, we would be able to get into the upfronts, into the advertisement budgets, to the agencies. But if you continue to keep splitting that, um, the the listeners or the view, the listening ear, you have a problem. You're not, it's mm -hmm. very difficult for you to compete with the big dogs when you're not able to come together cohesively and create a conglomerate. And that's why it's so important, first and foremost, to create a conglomerate. Podcasting is like the takeover. It really is. It, it's the takeover. Mm -hmm. it, it, oh, my God. The conversations. Um, you see, you know what? Podcasting is clubhouse. It's just mm -hmm. like, you know? Yeah. And so people want to listen, and they're, they got their earbuds in. They're running on the track. They're mm -hmm. listening. Now, sometimes the eyeball and the streaming and the television, not a lot of people even turn their televisions on anymore, you know, but those people that are turning on their televisions, they're going to streaming devices. Do you know why? One is because they can control what they see and what they consume. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Who they support. Yep. Mm -hmm. All of that. Yeah, no, we love podcasting. The conversations that we've had over the years with some of our guests. It's just, it's been amazing. We've learned so much. Um, and the feedback that we get often is that our listeners are inspired by other people's stories. So I'm certain they will be inspired by your story and starting the network and seeing the need for that and feeling that need. Mm -hmm. So Tam, before we let you go, tell us what does success mean to you? <laughs> the me... It's the little black girl that everybody forgot about and that something really bad happened to her when she was only 14 and they put me in a trailer park and they thought nothing would ever come of me and I proved them all wrong. I am the I am. I am a survivor and I am so vivacious and if I had to look back, I would say, girl, you are, very, you are so fearless. You would do anything to make it work and you are the bomb, you know? So I would say to people who feel like nobody believes in you, believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. That's right. And, and keep on and run on, because you can do this. It, it, that to me, met, that is success. Because mm -hmm. even though one of the things, um, I got really sick in the last past year and uh, my son said, Ma, with all of the money that you have, what made you? What makes you happy? What makes me happy is that I have two amazing children and that God allowed me to discover the I am. That was important to me because when I was a kid, I was a shadow. Nobody cared about that. I was ostracized. I was actually exiled from the mosque as a kid. Mm. And and I couldn't go around the other kids in my family. Um, I was alone. I grew up in a trailer park with my grandmother where people hid me because nobody wanted me. They, they didn't want me around the other kids because something had happened to me. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, you know, I, I felt invisible. So today I, I can, you know, I can now live out loud 
And I can look back at those times that I told that little girl, we're going to make it. And I'm going to make sure that you have everything you ever desired. Yeah. And, it, and that, that makes me feel like I've actually arrived. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause they, um, when I was 14, um, something happened. And then 15, I was paralyzed from the neck down. So like the, he slipped, mm-hmm. he slipped and he hit my spine. And when he hit my spine, he literally paralyzed me and sent me into seizures. So I had several seizures and I quote coded on the table. So I wasn't meant to live. They said that I would never be able to speak or cognitively be able to develop um, properly. And so, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm amazing. You know, people always tell you, you know, mm-hmm. it won't work, what it can't do, what it won't do. But God, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I've been fighting That's all my life. Story. An amazing <laughs> story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wrote the book. The book is called Shadow. And right now I have two editors that are in L.A. Um, actually, HBO is looking to do the story. So hopefully, God willing, mm-hmm. we'll get a chance to see Shadow on the big screen. Very nice. Very mm-hmm. nice. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, Sam. it's interesting. Mm hmm. Thank you so much for being with us today. Mm, thank you it for having me. Awesome. It has been awesome. We've learned a lot about you, your mm-hmm. journey, Exposure mm-hmm. TV Network, and everything mm-hmm. that comes with it. And we appreciate mm-hmm. you for empowering the, the African-American women in our community. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. I look forward to um, hearing this and seeing this on Scratching the Thriving. Thank you for having me. See you guys soon. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.